We function basically online. 99% of our state services are online. You can't get divorced, you can't get married or buy or sell real estate. Welcome to the Blue Continent Podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Pertzer, International Research Coordinator for the Blue Continent Alliance, the Blue Continent Podcast, and your Blue Continent. What this program is about, this podcast, what makes it unique is, is finding people who have knowledge or expertise or have worked to address in a sustainable way a lot of global development issues. I welcome everybody to another edition of the Blue Continent Podcast. With my guest today is going to be Oct Botter, the managing director of the e-residency program in, uh, in Estonia. Uh, they, as you know, this program is uh, mostly about, about innovative ideas and approaches to global issues, uh, usually sustainable. And part of that, uh, the sustainable aspect of this one is how we reduce our carbon footprint overall. A lot of digital work, eliminating commutes, that kind of thing. Um, and also, if you live your life in a country that has limited its uh, ecological footprint for the common citizen, I suppose you're making a, making a contribution there as well if you move to a place like Estonia. Estonia is a gorgeous Nordic country that is um, experiencing a lot of growth these days. They're very progressive in uh, their policies very clean country. Thanks for joining me. Nice to be here. Well, okay, so I'm a little jealous that you're in Estonia, but not too jealous because uh, behind me here is the uh, incredible U.S. Virgin Islands. I'm kind of doing a, a little uh, digital nomad routine myself out here, and um, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about that program. Uh, thanks for, you, you're the managing director of the e-residency program, is it? Correct. Okay, um, and I did see that you've been engaged in this, uh, in that role and with that department for at least five years now, since you've been involved in this whole program for the last five years, and then COVID hit and everybody's sitting at home. Is this your moment? Did you guys predict this? Well, <laughs> <Not> the- <laughs> um, we have been preaching this E-Estonia story for, you know, for a decade at least. Um, and, uh, and it's correct to say that um, now, given, of course, this sad event, but, uh, but given that event, we are, our kind of prophecy or, or the story that we've been telling for the past decade, now people are starting to understand it. And uh, it is a kind of wake up call for, for the other governments and countries uh, and also you know, people and, and public, uh, public, private sector understand that uh, you know digitalization is key and uh, we should hur- hurry the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's that's true um now your program i guess you just launched the the digital nomad part of it last month was it the official yeah. applications coming in yep 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 uh we launched it first of august and um we've been working on it for a while now uh, about two years and mm. uh, and compared to the other you know regions that um, that are coming up with a similar visa, our government is not so. Um, well, the main difference is our government or Estonia is not so tourism uh, dependent. So we 
this wasn't for us. This wasn't kind of kind of a COVID response uh, to to get uh, some people, you know, right in this in this desperate time. Some of them just threw these programs together just because they're like, hey, yeah. come to come to our yeah. island. <laughs> Look at what Estonia is doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we the need for the program actually came from a lot of user testing and user interviews with the residents, and mm. uh, and we did a kind of anthropological study to understand the needs of e-residents and, um, and we came to the conclusion that today there are so many mm, freelancers who are actually traveling with a tourist visa but are you know working at the same time i mean i do it you do it we all do, I it. do it yes <laughs> and uh, and it's just a you know legally speaking it's a loophole because uh, during your holiday you know if you open your computer and you look at your email so technically yeah, <laughs> which is, yeah, that's which is nobody, stupid. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to abide abide by a rule like that. Yeah, exactly. So, so we thought that you know there's kind of a loophole that nobody's looking at, and and uh, given the kind of growing freelancers community and where the world is heading, there's there has to be some government that starts to kind of knock on knock on the the door and, uh, and ask you know we should solve it in, in some way and. Uh, uh, so it's not the perfect solution that we've created, but I think it's the first step in these kind of yeah. um, turbulent times to understand how do we solve um, remote working, the tax implications, and how do we provide a kind of safe haven for these new kinds of entrepreneurs. Sure. Somebody had to be first, and uh, you said, why not us, right? <laughs> I mean, we were first with e-residency, we were first with the identity card and uh, a few other things. So it was a logical step for us. Actually, it was just a couple of years ago. I was when I was there, I was there partially to open up a bank account for uh, for a non-resident uh, company there. Um, nice. We, we ended up changing plans before <laughs> before I did that, but I still went. I took the trip anyway. I already had the ticket. So, <laughs> so you have the first hand experience of Estonia. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was great. So there are so many questions that come up with something like this. Uh, my head just started going off. First of all, is this uh, is the uh, digital nomad one year visa? Is it renewable? Yes, it is. Um, so if somebody did want to stay there and they renewed it and they just really found a home there. Uh, after eight years, they could then apply for residency or, or for citizenship if they want. So uh, it's it's a classic D type visa, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, which is kind of uh, quite ordinary in the in the EU. And um, we recommend, of course, that if you if you feel that you want to stay for a longer period of time, then of course we we recommend uh, changing your status to a resident because okay. then uh, the benefits are are uh, better and you don't have to prove your income and, and all of uh, the little details. Okay, but, so uh, you yeah. adjust it into a different visa if you want to. So this is kind of, consider this as like an entry level visa to, to check out Estonia if you're not really sure and you want to see what's happening here. So for example, in 2018 we had a boom in, of e-residence applications from Japan. And then mm -hmm. we had a lot of Japanese people coming basically to e-residency office, knocking on our door and asking, hey, I wanted to see if e-Estonia is a real place. Hmm. <laughs> Are you getting some uh, some applicants from Hong Kong recently? We've been getting a lot. I imagine. 
Um, tell tell my my uh, followers and listeners uh, what are some of the reasons why uh, Estonia would be a place that would want to live. Well, uh, first, uh, definitely not the weather. Um, but <laughs> you're doing a great job of salesmanship, right here, <laughs> by the way. Uh, setting very realistic expectations. Um, uh, the main reason I would say is that uh, in EU uh, it's a very affordable place to live. There is great access to uh, IT talent and talent in general. Um, you can travel around um, EU quite effectively. You can still invoice uh, you know, your customers in, in other countries while having your company virtually in Estonia, doing everything from your computer, not spending uh, too much time going into different public offices or private offices. Mm. So we function basically online. 99% of all state services are online. You can't get divorced, you can't get <laughs> married or buy or sell real estate. But now the buying and selling real estate was also solved during COVID. So basically just marriage and divorce that you can't do online. So, uh, I mean, the culture, of course, is a, it's a, it's a great, it's really some of the, one of the highlights of all European culture. It's very, uh, a comfortable place to live as well. Um, I found the, the city of Tallinn was, uh, as beautiful a, a European capital as small capital, as you'll find really not congested. Great public transportation. Don't you guys have free free public transit or something too? Yes, yes we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was I was wondering then, um, what about the uh, people from all? Are people from all nationalities able to to uh, sign up for this? Is it? We don't have any restrictions, um, so we're not discriminating. But what you have to prove the criteria as for every D type kind of working visa, you have to prove a significant income and, uh, yeah. and the six month kind of bank statement to, to a monthly income of $3,500. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason for that is that, you know, we in Estonia should have the understanding that you can get by, but also that we, that you would get by in some uh, more expensive country uh, in you're the not that's a burden. You're not going to be a burden yeah. on in society. Right now you said, 3,500, I think you mean euros. It's about 4,130 US dollars, okay. isn't it? Right. That's what I had the current math and exchange is. Um, so, so that means that this is open if uh, people want to come from North Korea, people want to come from, uh, from uh, I mean, what if, uh, you know, Lukashenko wants to come up there if he wants to get out of town, you know? I mean, we're not discriminating um, by nationality. Oh, uh, if uh, if you apply and you don't get the visa, that's another thing. But uh, we're yeah. not discriminating per se. So if if you had, um, do you do obviously some research though on on anyone, and you find out that they're wanted by Interpol, they're probably not going to get in, right? Most probably, <laughs> I imagine. Okay, well that's <laughs> those those are some of like the the furthest extents of of where I was going with this. What, what, what kind of numbers have you had uh, in applications since you launched this program at the beginning of last month? So uh, at the moment, of course, uh, the numbers are, are very low and, uh, and considering the travel restrictions uh, that we have between different, uh, different nations that are outside right. the EU. Uh, but we have anticipated... What kind of restrictions do you have right now? Well, in EU in general, I think there's a restriction between US and uh, European Union. So one of the main... 
um, main target groups are American citizens, Canadian citizens. Um, yeah. So at the moment, it's it's a difficult situation, and uh, which gives us more time to prepare and and to see that everything is running smoothly. So we have anticipated about two thousand applications for year, mm. uh, but at the moment it might change during the, the how the COVID situation plays out. So so how does that like work out exactly at this moment? If you think about it, I think your processing time you said was about thirty days on the website approximately, um, and if that's the case. What, suppose I, would, I wanted to apply for that, right? It's just I, right. I, say, I'm, say I'm living in, in you know American city, and and I, I'm like I I would really like to go to Estonia, have Estonian roots, whatever you know my backstory is, and and then I say uh, I'd like to go to the uh, consulate and apply for this, and if it got if I was granted that, say I made an appointment for two weeks from now, and it was granted 30 days later, does it start right then, or do you say look? I expect COVID travel restrictions are going to be gone maybe by December or January or something, and I'll be able to go. Could I make an application to the consulate and say, look, I would like my visa to begin at the end of January or something like that? Is that an option? To my knowledge, and I might be a little bit wrong here, to my knowledge, it should be the period that you enter the country and oh. up to 12 months from that time. Um, oh. There might be some kind of, you know, restrictions here and there. I'm not completely certain, uh, but I can find it out for you later. Okay, so they might give you a visa that says you can start this visa anytime in the next 90 days. And then once you like get into the country, it starts for a year from that moment. Something like that. I would that. guess that that's the, that's the general gist of it, yeah. Something like that. Um, now, would, if you came as a digital nomad and you had that visa, does that mean that you could travel anywhere within the Schengen zone of Europe uh, through that visa? Yeah. Okay, yeah. for that whole year. So, so really, you, if you got one of these visas, you could be spending the next year on the Dalmatian coast of Croatia or something, if as long as you were, uh, you know, keeping the requirements in Estonia. It's funny that you mentioned Croatia. Uh, because Croatia was one of the countries that now, basically a week ago, also said that they're coming up with their own digital nomad visa. It's a it's a funny story of a of a Dutch beach businessman who is living there and who was so excited about the idea from Estonia and he made a LinkedIn campaign and <laughs> he made it so big in the end that the prime minister invited him over and then finally said that we're going to do it. That, that seems very believable to me, having been to Croatia. I can see that happening that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. But, I mean, it's awesome. That's cool. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it is. We're doing the right thing. It should happen in more places, absolutely. So, um, no, it, it makes a lot of sense to me and the way that you've got it set up to guarantee that you can support yourself for this period of time and all that. I actually had to go through the same thing when I moved to uh, Svalbard up in uh, the Arctic. I was there for a year driving a taxi while nice. I was in graduate school. But um, nice. it, it, it makes sense. This is the way the world is evolving. Um, uh, any, anything else that you wanted to kind of share? I mean, I, I think we covered most of the bases here. I, I would say that, um, I mean, as a background information, the Digital Nomad Visa is a kind of continuation of the Estonian e-residency program. And just mm -hmm. to have a few words about the e-residency program, it's, it's a virtual kind of residency that means that you can't come to Estonia physically, 
but we give you access to Estonian digital services. And the main digital right. service is company creation from anywhere in the world. And, and through the research or the experience that we gathered uh, with e-residency, we understood that you know, they're interested in something like the digital nomad piece. And then we kind of worked on that and created that. And today there are about you know, six other e-residency programs in the world. And already within these you know, past months, we see at least five or six digital nomad programs. So it's cool to see that it's actually evolving and other governments are also seeing the, the value in it. Um, yeah. But we hope to be the first Good. You hope to be the first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's great. And I hope more countries open up to this kind of thing. I think I think one of the reasons why it works for you guys is because Estonia has a, a great history of transparency in government and a lot of uh, trust in government services, which is, you know, some it's it, you're, you're, you've got a clean slate, you got other, uh, a lot of countries have uh, not as much trust from their, their citizens as you do. We do our best. <laughs> Certainly. Well, thanks for joining me. Uh, it, was, it was a pleasure talking to you. And um, I, I hope that this, this program goes real well and not only is a great benefit to, to the country, but uh, to a lot of people, give them an opportunity or a reason to come out there and experience uh, uh, what you have to offer. So thanks. Thanks for the invite and uh, take care, everyone. Take care. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you to my guest today, Odd Vater of the Estonian e-residency program, as well as the incredible Estonian jazz musicians you heard in the background of this program. You heard Jan Kuman, Alexander Rejabov, Walter Ojekar, Rasked Vused, and Uno Naisu. And of course, our theme music, The Lone Ranger by Quantum Jump. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Blue Continent podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you'll subscribe and join us again. Tell others about us. This podcast is also available in a raw video format found on our Blue Continent Alliance Facebook page. If you'd like to see our mini documentaries from around the world, visit the Blue Continent YouTube page today. Thanks again for listening. Take care.